Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Let me begin by saying that for the last few weeks we have been studying the subject of the value of godly relationships and particularly those relationships that have been brought together by the Word and the Spirit of God. And uh, last week particularly we focused our attention on spiritual alignment and positioning. I have explained that when we speak about spiritual alignment, we are speaking about how God has placed us and how he has aligned us with the rest of the body of Christ. In other words, it is how we connect and relate with those whom God has joined us to. And in our first lesson of alignment, we asked a series of questions which we are giving answers to. And last Sunday, we left off at a place in which I was answering a particular question. And the question was, how can I know that I am in the right church in the right place or in the right ministry or spiritual family? Are there any indications that can verify and confirm that I am where I'm supposed to be? Well, I believe there are, and we're going to go through them one by one. I believe that the first sign or the first witness or indication that you are in the right spiritual family where God placed you is that you will experience the peace of God and the witness of the Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you are in the place that God has prepared for you. In other words, you will have a sense of peace and you will have what the Bible calls the witness of the Spirit. You will know deep down in your knower, in your heart, that you are in the right place. I believe that the same spirit that led you to the Lord Jesus is the same spirit that will lead you to your spiritual family. That's the first sign. The second uh, indication is that you will also experience a sense of belonging a sense of belonging and discover in the process of time that your spirit is being nurtured or nourished or fed with the word of God that proceeds from the ministry that you have joined yourself to. In other words, you will experience a sense of growth, 
and a sense of caring, a sense of nurturing. And, and that's an indication that you are in the right spiritual family. Another thing or another indication, you will experience a desire that comes from within your heart without any pressure being placed upon you. A desire to engage in the life of the family that God has placed you in. In order to support, in order to assist in fulfilling the bigger picture, in fulfilling the mission or the mandate that God has given to that particular family to fulfill. In other words, you will want to contribute. You want to be a part of what is happening in the life of the church. And of course, you will become a blessing to the spiritual family through your gifts, through your talents, and through the resources that God has blessed you with. In other words, you will not just be a passive receiver, but you will be a giver as well. You will be a contributor, not just a receiver. One other indication is that just because you're in the right family or in the right place does not mean that you will not experience opposition or pressure or even affliction. Usually there is a period of a honeymoon, but after the honeymoon comes the test. In fact, you will be tested. You will experience opposition. You will be pressured from time to time and tempted and sometimes severely tempted by the evil one to leave the place that God has placed you in due to the pressure that the enemy exerts on you either through pain or through loss and most definitely through offense. There will be many opportunities given to you to become offended, offended with the leadership, offended with the church. The enemy will try to put thoughts in your mind like, well, you're not valued in this place. You are not appreciated enough. You're just another number among the many. And all they want from you is your money. And on and on the enemy will begin to whisper into your mind in order to shift you out of alignment and push you out of the place that God has placed you. And it is at that time, during times of testing, that you need to stand strong. In, uh, and that's why I insist that you hear from God. Has God spoken to you? Has God led you in the midst of this family? If he has, then you need to stand strong in your conviction and resist such thoughts by the evil one. The Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, you need to stand fast. 
you need to resist those thoughts and remain in the place that God has placed you. The only time you leave is when you are led by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Word of God. And the Bible says when you are led out of a place, you are led forth with peace and joy in your heart. Now, Paul also says, don't give place to the devil. Writing to Timothy, the Apostle Paul admonishes him to wage a good warfare according to the prophecies given to him. I know from experience that the devil hates and primarily attacks those relationships that are destined to go places. He will target strategic relationships in the body of Christ in your life that are brought together by God because he knows if he can sever those relationships, he will cut off your ministry. He will cut off encouragement. He will cut off the supply that you need to grow and fulfill your own God-given purpose. So he aims at those relationships and severely tempts and attacks, and you need to be aware of that. He, In other words, he will try to remove you from the people who are equipped and destined to bless you. And God allows that to take place. He allows it so that you can be tested and tried in order to solidify and establish your commitment and your faithfulness to the family that God has placed you in. So these are some of the indications or confirmations that we receive, and I'm sure there are a number more, uh, uh, other, other indications or other witnesses and confirmations, but this is some of the most prevalent ones that you know you are in the place where God has placed you. Now, I want to talk about the five things that we should give to the spiritual family that God has joined us to. And there is a tremendous blessing by exercising and giving these things that I'm going to mention. Five things. The first one is trust. The first one is trust. So if you're taking notes, put number one. Trust is an investment that all people must give in order to reap the benefits of relational equity. Trust is an investment that all people must give in order to reap the benefits, the benefits of relational equity. Relational equity is built on trust. Trust is also a choice as well as a risk. Trust is an investment you're making in people that assume some measure of risk with the people or with the hope, rather, of a greater return. So it's risky. But if you're not willing to risk it, you may miss on the greater return. Trust is the mortar that holds all the bricks together in perfect alignment to each other. It connects us to the people above us, to the people beside us, 
and to the people below us in ways which make unity, of course, possible. Everyone in the circle, in the body of Christ, needs to be trustworthy in order for this exchange of trust to create a bond that strengthens the wall on multiple levels and produces increased rewards. As a necessary ingredient to any strong relationship, honesty can only emerge to the degree that people trust one another. Without trust producing honesty, fear, suspicion, and hypocrisy will be the hallmarks of the family or any organization. The second thing you need to give is generosity. Generosity. Generosity is more than related to money, of course. It describes the willingness of a person to give of all the resources to help another individual achieve the goals. In this area that we are speaking about, to help the family that you belong to achieve their goals. This is a needed trait for all bricks on the three levels of the wall. Each brick or individual must open up their treasure chest of resources and become generous to those above, beside, and below them in order for the kingdom of God to advance forward. This includes in giving of our time, advice, resources, compliments, trust, and genuine love. These characteristics give life to alignment to the relationship. This kind of activity attracts the blessing of the Spirit of Christ and gives him a habitation in a familiar place. The third thing we need to give to the people God has joined us to is respect. Respect. I would define respect as a feeling or an attitude of admiration and honor directed toward one another. Based upon this definition, Having respect in a 300-degree circle means that we give honor, like the Bible says, to everyone around us. No matter who they are, what color, what nationality, or what ethnicity they, they, they come from. Whether they're rich or poor, or educated or uneducated, we respect and give honor to everyone around us. And Paul admonished the church in Philippi, saying in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. This trait may have been 
especially important to the Philippian church because all social classes were presented or represented in this church. Their membership included a former demon-possessed slave girl, if you recall, in Acts chapter 16, verse 12 through to 39. It also included Lydia, who was a fashion designer, and a government employee who was a prison warden. Respect in this diverse atmosphere was a key in keeping this world free from any death blows infected by superior and inferior attitudes. Number four, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness will build strong relationships while offense will destroy them. Forgiveness may be the most important trait next to love that brings life and strength to the wall. People need to know how to forgive in order to establish strong and long-lasting relationships that bear fruit according to the Word of God. The reason for this is because over time, Everyone is going to have to forgive somebody in order to move forward. It is the trait that best exemplifies godliness as he forgives our sins daily. Whenever God gives us an opportunity to forgive someone who has wronged us, he's giving us an opportunity to be blessed by becoming more and more like him in our forgiveness of others with a gracious and a humble heart. This truth is so vital to the health of the church, I believe, that Jesus said, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive, neither will you be forgiven. So be wary of someone who has no track record of long-lasting relationships. If they have no lifelong friends, for example, if they have multiple marriages, if they have been to several churches in a very short space of time, if they jump from job to job, it tells you something about the character. This lets you know that they probably have deep wounds within them that keep them from the ability to forgive and stay connected to those around them. People in this category are not secure and confident enough to offer someone the grace to be released from the the obligation of wrongdoing. They see forgiveness as a reward to be withheld until the offender earns the right to receive it, which, of course, that's the wrong attitude altogether. And those who feel victimized will use forgiveness as a source of control over people. What they don't realize is that the strings they are using have entangled them in bondage with even more hideous consequences. And finally, 
Number five, fun. F-U-N. Fun. <laughs> fun will build strong relationships while heaviness will destroy them. Nobody likes to bond with a parasite. <laughs> it costs too much. Relationships that work are those that are easy and they are fun to be around. And that's so true. What people enjoy most are finding a person who does not demand a lot of work to be entertained. Isn't that true? <laughs> you don't feel the obligation to carry every conversation. These people are low maintenance people who don't get offended because you didn't call them or you didn't email them during the week. <laughs> They're easy to get along. Amen. They don't get jealous if you have other friends. They don't get angry because you did not ask them to go out with you or on holiday with you, for example. Time spent with these folks is easy and peaceful. If you want to be a like person and have many people in your relationship, so to speak, we must learn how to laugh and also how to have a good time with him. Isn't that true? Are you out there? Hello? Being too serious and heavy will exhaust people and drive them away. Using people to prop you up or to make you happy in life, you will end up drain people and cause them to, to avoid you. If every time you meet with someone And then you walk away and you say, man, I wish I didn't ask how they were doing. They drain you. They go on and on and on and on and on about the problems, about this and about that. They're not fun to be around. So you don't want to be around people like that. I don't want to be around people like that. Sometimes I have to, but really I don't enjoy it. They drain you. We see people all the time searching for willing victims. They are probing for a host from whom they can draw life and significance. In other words, they're so insecure and they're looking for significance or they're looking to you to prop them up every time. In other words, they high maintenance. Now, these insecure they are so insecure, they depend upon the strength of others to satisfy their appetite. They literally suck the life out of a person with the constant complaints of injustice, of pain and depression and on and on and on they go. So their life seems to move from one perceived crisis to another. They're always in a crisis and this becomes their identity and of course the source of personal attention. This kind of activity must be stopped in the wall by learning how to be givers instead of takers. And these types of bricks are weakening the wall of relationships and need to be told how to live victoriously by becoming a giver instead of a taker. Are you with me so far? <laughs> 
Amen. So determine today that you will embrace a mindset that loves to give, to bless, rather than seeking to receive. What can I receive? And those who base their relationship on such a foundation will not last that relationship. In other words, if I relate to you for what I can get out of you, that's not a biblical foundation upon which we are commanded to relate to one another. Amen. And in conclusion, I want to finish this study so we can move on to something else next week. I want to share a few thoughts about what it means to function and to live and to work under a corporate anointing. The Bible talks about that we all who are born again by the Spirit of God have our own individual anointing. And 1 John chapter 2 speaks about that. He says, but you have received an anointing or an unction from the Holy One. And you don't need that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And then again, in the same chapter, he repeats and he says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. In other words, remains in you. That is an individual anointing that every born again, spirit filled believer received from the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is another anointing, which is a corporate anointing. That means you function and you work under the anointing that rests upon your spiritual family. Amen. Are you with me now? Now, this, the corporate grace, the corporate anointing is made available to all who are the sons and the daughters of the spiritual family you are part of. What do I mean by that? The terms sons and daughters refers to those who willingly and joyfully serve the interests of the house in which God places them in. In other words, they put the interests of the house or the family before their own as Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. He says, don't look out only for your own interests, but for the interests of others as well. In other words, you're pursuing the interests of the body, rather your own individual interests. Now, these sons and daughters have fully aligned themselves with the values, the vision, and the mission of the house. And they serve with a willing mind and they serve with a loyal heart the mission or the interests of the family they belong to. When that happens, when you make that connection, the corporate anointing or the corporate grace which rests on the house comes upon you and empowers you to do what you could not do with just your own individual anointing. In other words, you become a thousand times stronger than you would be by yourself. The Bible says one 
will put a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand to flight. So when you're functioning and living and working under the corporate anointing, you are far wiser, far stronger, far more gracious than you would be as you function under your own individual anointing, isolated. Your strength becomes multiplied. This is a principle, I believe, that not many of God's people know, much less function in it. And I believe this is a major reason why so many in the body of Christ are struggling today and so many collapse under the challenges and the pressures this present life presents to them. You will often hear statements like, I can't cope anymore. I'm being overwhelmed. I am drowning in this place. In other words, they are the strength they are functioning under is insufficient to give them that victory that they long for. Why? Because they're functioning under their own individual anointing. And yet, there is more grace available to you if you're part of a spiritual family, you made that connection, you seek the interests of the family, not just your own, then there is available to you the grace that resides upon the family you're part of. The Apostle Paul taught the Philippians about that. He says, you share in my grace because I have you in my heart and in my prayers. In other words, the Philippian church joined their hearts to the Apostle Paul and assisted him in his travels and ministered to him. And as a result, they came under the same grace and the same anointing and the same um, strength that was on his ministry. And that's what Paul talks about. You share, he says, in my grace. So when you partner with someone, when you partner with a church or with a ministry, that same grace that resides upon the ministry comes upon you and produces the same results and the same fruit that produces in the family that you are part of. Now, <clears throat> the Apostle Peter speaks of a multiplied grace which comes through knowledge. Listen to what he says. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So why am I sharing this? Because knowledge of this principle that I am sharing with you today will empower you to live and to work under a grace that is multiplied many times over. And God's desire is for us to live and to work as a community of believers, not isolated and, 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 um, and dislocated, each one running, uh, doing his own thing. We need to come to a place where we learn to live and work as a community of believers functioning under a multiplied grace, united in mind and spirit, as opposed to being isolated and separated from the community of believers we were called to walk with. 
So multiplied grace and favor will open doors and provide opportunities for you which were not possible before. The condition is that the interests of the house you belong to must take precedence over your own house and over the, uh, your own interests. In other words, we're building the kingdom together. Amen? Not building our own kingdoms. Paul summarizes, and I am concluding my, my teaching on this alignment today, summarizes the attitude we should have concerning this matter by saying, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That's what it means to lock in and become a son and a daughter of the ministry that God has placed you in. And that is a wonderful attitude to have. So I want to encourage you today that you embrace a new attitude, a new mindset. And in your prayers, you ask the Lord, Lord, thank you for this family that you've placed me in. I appreciate the teaching. I appreciate the shepherding. I appreciate the care that I'm receiving and the spiritual covering that this uh, ministry is giving to me. How can I pray for this ministry? How can I advance the interests of this family? And as you pray that way, I am convinced the Spirit of God will minister to you, will speak to you, and He will show you things. He will show you areas of need. He will show you some of the weaknesses of this ministry, and he will give you wisdom how to be able to contribute and to fill those gaps that exists within the family that God placed you in. So it's not a one-way thing. And I know that as you pray, this is, I, I, I don't know, nobody taught me about this principle. But somehow I was led unconsciously by the Spirit of God early, early in my new birth experience. When I joined the church, I always prayed for the people within that church. I always talked to God about the welfare of the church, regular with my tithes, regular with my offerings, regular by making myself available to help and assist the, the mission of the family that I was part of. And God has blessed me and, 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 and given me growth and understanding. And so I want to encourage you, be that kind of a person that you become a, a blesser, a giver, a contributor with the gifts and the talents that God has blessed you with. That way you will experience exponential growth 
exponential blessing, but also a multiplied grace resting upon you to help you with the challenges and the pressures we face in living in such times as these. So I want to close with a prayer and um, and hopefully we have maybe um, uh, a comment or you wanted to add something, you're welcome to do so. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for placing us in a family of your choice. We thank you for the wisdom. We thank you for the word of the Lord and the ministry we received from those you have joined us to, from those you have aligned and connected us to in the wider body of Christ. Lord, I want to thank you for every son, every daughter of this ministry, every person that has joined and made that connection with the flow of the grace and the anointing that proceeds from this ministry. And I pray your blessing upon each and every one of them. Thank you that so many are contributing, are praying, are giving in order to further the cause and extend and establish the influence of your kingdom in so many parts of the world. We return thanks to you, Father, for your mercy, your faithfulness, and your goodness. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.